Get ready to unleash your inner fire with two badass ginger women who mean business. They're here to challenge the status quo and disrupt the traditional corporate world. Join them as they share their unfiltered thoughts and experiences on entrepreneurship, leadership, and navigating the business world as fierce redheads. From dealing with discrimination to harnessing the power of their unique personalities, they'll leave you feeling inspired and ready to conquer your own business ventures. So grab your headphones and let's ignite the world of business together. This is the Ginger Rage Podcast. Oh, goodness. Well, it's early morning. We don't usually record early in the morning. Yeah, so apologies so, in advance for not being completely caffeinated. Yes, I'm halfway what caffeinated. What does your mug say, Sarah? My mug says, the world is falling apart and I am dying inside. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's an appropriate sentiment for this week. <laughs> it's it's, it's a, a Moira from Schitt's Creek quote. I'm a big fan. Uh, who isn't, really? <laughs> I, I think that could be used she as She really like understands bedding. me. Truly like spirit animal. <laughs> she understands oh. me. Uh, yeah. So that's – we're caffeinating as we go and getting ourselves ready to talk about a very important subject a near very, and dear to all of our hearts. A very important <laughs> – very – I mean, it's a very large subject. Also, for the record, uh, Ginger Ridge Podcast, here you are. Oh, yeah. Um, You're here. You're I'm with Courtney. Us. This is Sarah. I'm Sarah. Yep. <laughs> And uh, this is episode five. So thanks I mean, for thanks for tuning in and thanks for your continued support if you haven't ditched us thus far. <laughs> is it, if this is your first one, then welcome. There are four others, but uh, we think they get better every time. So stay, enjoy. We might be delusional, but whatever. We don't care. It's, <laughs> it's episodic. There's no uh, you know storyline you're missing. You can start with this one if you want. There are no cliffhangers. I hate a cliffhanger. <laughs> like resolution, dang it. <laughs> and maybe we'll get it here today, though I doubt it because it is a Definitely massive not. subject. And we're going to tackle mansplaining. Oh, and like, don't you feel like that term has just been so like popularized to the point where it almost feels like satire? Yes. It, it does feel sort of like a joke, right? Because like, – it's now it's mated into the like Oxford dictionary, like it's a dictionary. <laughs> it's like bootylicious. You're just yeah. like, yeah. Although I'd much rather be bootylicious than mansplain. Without question. <laughs> Unequivocally. Thank you in advance. <laughs> I just uh yeah, I think it's become like a pop culture thing. And it is funny. It because it seems like it should be so ridiculous. But yet we experience it every day. Uh, I actually, if I can just jump right in. To Go an for it, I found. please. Jump. So there's an article that I got from The Guardian. And what aggravates me about a lot of these articles, and I think a lot of the articles, the things that we cover, the blogs we cover when we're on this podcast in general, is that it centers it around the women having the problem. and. It's also me. being Hi, the solution. I'm the problem. I'm the problem me. It's me. Yeah, Thanks exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except that we are not the problem uh -uh. and we should not be the only solution. And this won't reach a resolution. If men don't listen 
and stop engaging in this behavior because it's really, really fucking ridiculous. It is really ridiculous. So the, the piece that pissed me off in this particular article was this quote. There was a study done uh, where they took 128 volunteers, they set them up so someone mansplained at them, men and women, and how they reacted. And this is a quote based on that. What we found was that women largely had negative outcomes as a result of being mansplained to, whereas it didn't affect men as much. No shit. That (laughs) just... They tended to register that their competence was being questioned more than men did and attribute this to gender bias. So maybe this person doesn't think highly of me or doesn't like me because of my gender. That's the quote from the study. I mean, and like I tell the men that I work with this all the time, right? Like every single woman that you have ever encountered in life, period, the end, but but especially in like a corporate space – They have all had experiences and shit that they have dealt with that color how she views and and approaches situations and scenarios, right? Like there's been like I'm gonna I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna call it trauma, right? Like there has been a lot of fucking trauma that she has (laughs) had to endure. And so, you know, sometimes you might not necessarily intend for something to be taken in a certain way. And it is. But you need to understand that that woman is coming at that scenario with her experience, background, and everything that she has gone through. And that is how – that's the lens with which she views these things. I would also say that I would be curious to interview these 128 volunteers. My guess is this is one of the first times these men have experienced, quote, unquote, mansplaining, whereas – This is the 3,000th time that week that those women did. So, of course, it's going to feel like they're being beaten down or that they're attributing to gender bias because it is gender bias. It is gender bias. Well, it goes back to that that stat about women being three times more likely to be interrupted by men than men, right? Yes. Um, And it's – you know, for those of you who live under a rock, mansplaining is basically, you know, typically when a man explains something to a woman in a way that is condescending or patronizing, or uh, it can also be when you parrot back something that she just said as though it's an original idea that you just came up with. And because you have the privilege of being a dude, People are going to think that it is a good and better idea, despite the fact that a woman just said it, sometimes in the same meeting, sometimes five minutes before you did. And there's even a third where you, the woman, are the expert and the man you are talking to Mm. is not the expert, yet he's going to explain your area of expertise to you from a point of, you know, where he thinks he is the expert or has more information than you do. That is so. There was another article that I had seen, and I don't remember if you have it up. Let me know. But the she was talking about how she was giving a speech at a university, and one of the like grad students spoke up and was like, "You clearly don't know anything about this topic. You should read this book by X author." And she like pulled her hair aside and was like, "I am X author." <laughs> I don't have that article up, but I have seen that that exact article where, yeah, 
She was the expert, the doctor speaking on the subject. And the thing is that when I read that, I I think it was then quoted in a tweet, the amount of replies from women saying, yep, that that has happened to me. Yes, that's happened to me. Or, And I think um, some of those might be specifically women who have doctor because it's not gendered. So then you can't tell. Right. And then that person, the men are surprised when, oh shit, you're the doctor, so-and-so. It's yeah. wild that women are also competent. Who would have thunk it? Yes. I, I, the, the repeating or parroting back, that I think you see a ton of, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, Courtney, when you're in a meeting, especially a meeting with other leaders, and you have an idea and you've shared that idea with your colleagues, and it gets sort of a lukewarm response. Mm-hmm. And then there's a man in that same meeting and five minutes later repeats, in essence, the exact same idea exact and it's same met thing. with, oh my gosh, great idea. Thank you. Yeah, let's move forward with that. And you're looking around. I, like, am I crazy? Am like, I the crazy one? <laughs> like, is this bizarre world? <laughs> what is happening in my life right now? Yeah. And I mean, I don't have a good fix, but I have found that partnering with other women on your leadership team if you should have one have another woman on your Less. leadership team or <laughs> you know you know just another peer um in your organization and have them help call things out and you help and do that vice versa like i i've had a woman on the call saying hey isn't that what sarah just said you mean like sarah's idea and then i will try to do the same for them when i see it happening it Which, just, I mean, just calls attention to it, maybe doesn't fix it, but I feel like men have gotten to the point where they don't notice, not an excuse, but they just speak whatever's in their heads. It's so true. And the, but then you run into that like really difficult situation of now you've called it out, you've put them on the spot, now you're the bad guy, and now they're going to try to vilify you, right? Like, oh, Sarah's such a bitch. Sarah's so difficult, right? Like, Yeah. I've come to terms with that. That's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, ladies – Ladies, let's let's reclaim that word. Let's reclaim bitch. Yeah. Um, I'm yes, you're absolutely right though. And I think a lot of people may not feel comfortable calling that out. And I mean you can do it more gently, though I you know, I don't wanna you don't have to be gentle if you don't want to be, but you can say Remember your personal like, style, please revert remember back to your, that as episode. Exactly. <laughs> I think uh, you can say things like, oh, yeah, I mean, Sarah also said something very similar. That would be great. You know, like, that sounds great to talk about that or have that idea or absolutely like, like playing off what Sarah said. You, know, you can also do that, bring it back into the conversation. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't have the perfect fix. And I would say in my career, it happens on a weekly basis. Oh, daily Truly, daily. I, it reminds me of a situation that I was once in where, you know, in, in in my career, part of what I do is is review contracts, right? Like that's what procurement does. Um, and these were customer contracts. And 
we had talked about some language that really would have been beneficial for the company, for our revenue. Um, and, you know, it got poo-pooed. Everyone, everyone said, no, we're not going to put that language in. And I kind of got tired of hearing the word no, which Sarah, as you know, I don't really respond well to. Um, and so I just added it to our templated document. So every document that they pulled out of our CLM system uh, had this language in it. And I just wanted to see, one, if they would read it they being the people that I worked with, but two, to see if the client actually cared, right? Or actually pushed back. And it turned out that they didn't push back. And the language that I had put in had a financial fee associated with it. And they were increasing the fee. And we were in a meeting and I just kind of like put my head on my hand and I was like, oh, that's funny that they're they're actually agreeing to that language. And they were like, yeah, I know it's working really well. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I put that in our, our agreement, unbeknownst to any of you, months ago. And one of them piped up and was like, no, Courtney, actually, like it was already in this template that we were using. So we were already doing it. And it <laughs> made me laugh, right? Like this was like February-ish. And so I went back to my notes and I had added the language in November. Um, and they had been using it for months, long before they ever had this like glimmer of an idea. But it's, you know, that is also a type of mansplaining, right? Like not giving credit where credit's due and just trying to take the credit for yourself, aside from being a really crappy like leadership tactic. Um, that's also that also goes into that whole mansplaining thing, right? Like it's not just talking to a woman as though she's an idiot. It's taking her ideas it's parroting her ideas it's it's not giving her credit for the work that she does that's exactly and the and when this is where it starts to affect your your career trajectory right because if you're coming up with this great idea but not being credited with it and then it's credited back to a man who honestly is happy to take the credit even if he doesn't remember putting the project into well, place. Well, and the funny thing is like, you know, it's not going to fall back to that man who parroted the idea or took your idea to actually do the work. That too. And then you're saddled with the work and not getting the credit. And now this person, this man in you know the other person in the situation is advancing their career. Look at all these great things they're doing. Even if it's in the back of somebody's head, even if you end up correcting it later, it, it sticks it's with too leadership. Yeah. It's, yeah. And that's what's really frustrating. And I'm looking at this article. We can post the, this. Uh, this article is actually infuriating. It, if you keep reading through, it's from Biz Journals. And um, it's written by a woman and I believe it, it's a tagged human resources. And some of the feedback they say is, you can start telling by telling them what they're doing. You can say, you are mansplaining me. And then they might not know what that means. And then you can explain it and educate to them. Just oh, to paraphrase. This like idea that it's our responsibility to educate our peers and our superiors about these things truly like – there is a, a a special level of rage that that ignites within me. Oh. And actually just to uh, – I just want to amend that statement. It was not the Biz Journal article. They were quoting an article by – and I find this pretty funny – the HR Digest. <laughs> Good. Who said – yeah, who said that 
Um, it says, according to a trade publication for human resources professionals, the best way to deal with a mansplainer in the office is to speak up. Most of the time, the article states, these male coworkers have no idea what they're doing wrong. I would oh. – maybe, but I would challenge that. I think I think that they maybe speak with no regard to what you're doing, but to say that they don't know what they're doing by re-explaining something that you've explained or – it's just – it's an ego. But this and- also – like this is so – like this that topic in and of itself is so deeply saturated and so like ingrained in – American culture, right? Like it's the same concept of requiring a woman to cover her shoulders or high school girls not being allowed to wear tank tops to school because God forbid boys can't like contain their urges or like they don't know any better. Like that's how early this shit starts. And surprisingly, it never really goes away. And then, yeah, exactly. So they feel, I think we even said this in an earlier episode, they feel empowered to share their ideas or other people's ideas with reckless abandon because no one has ever stopped them. Right. So they are the most important person in the room. They have the best ideas. They are the one that's going to get shit done when the reality is is that's not the case. And I think um <laughs> just reminds me of the quote or, you know, the – um. Like you see the memes all over the place. It's like go into your day with the confidence of a mediocre white man. And I think that really speaks to mansplaining. You go in and you just say whatever you're thinking. You copy people's ideas. You go in and take credit. And that's how not all men. All right, everyone, relax. But that's how a lot of people, men in leadership specifically, climb the ladder. Yeah. Because they're the loudest, they've regurgitated other people's ideas, and they've moved up in the world. And like it goes back to that whole concept of failing upwards, right? About corporate America truly rewarding the wrong types of behavior. And if if we expect any sort of change to happen from a representation perspective of women in leadership, then the types of behaviors and uh values that we have need to change at a very base and like core level. And it makes me think, how do we change this behavior? And like with most things in corporate America, it has to start from the top down. Yes. So it has to start from the leadership team. It has to start with, if you are a leader, especially a male leader, and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, well done. I mean, thank you for being here. Thanks for being here. (laughs) But you need to call it out when you see it. If you have women on your team and men are taking the spotlight and parroting ideas or um, speaking down or condescendingly to your women employees, you need to speak up. That's how this change happens. And it goes for women too. You know, if if I say it on my own team, I, I would try to call it out immediately. But I'm attuned to it. I think if you're a man listening to this, you have to be more in tune to what a condescending tone means. Or, you know, if you're in a brainstorming session, be aware of how you're congratulating people or how you're listening to ideas and that you're not perpetuating this problem. Yeah. And I, I mean, it it also goes down to the level of unfortunately, your voice will get heard. Whereas yes. if we call it out, you know, we kind of get the like, 
the backhanded apology and like a little bit of an eye roll, right? Like it, right. we're not taking taken seriously, and that's 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 where I think mansplaining like falls into that broader bucket of like who gets believed, right? Like whose narrative is believed, and that's a much bigger problem, right? Sarah, I'm sure you have been in situations where you have told someone about an experience that happened that was really negative, really inappropriate, and the male counterpart was never punished. You weren't believed. Like people just assumed it was your fault. Um, That mansplaining really is like one of, one of a, a number of tenants that makes up this like larger problem of, you know, whose narrative is the one that's heard. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I sh- we should probably should have said this at the beginning, but I didn't I didn't really know where the term mansplaining had come from, but apparently it's credited back to this woman Rebecca Solnit, Solnit. And she We're sorry an, Rebecca for for butchering I'm your sorry. last name if we just did. <laughs> I'm so sorry Rebecca. Uh from 2008, she it's a comic scathing essay titled Men Explain Things to Me. And she took on what often goes wrong in a con- in conversations between men and women. Uh, so I have not read this, but I am adding it to my Kindle today. I'm very curious to read the beginnings of this and uh, what Rebecca has to say. It looks awesome. Absolutely. And I do think, you know, another part of this problem is, gentlemen, I hate to say this, but you have a really bad habit of not listening to women. Um, And this I know is like popularized on social media, right? Like with wives telling their husband things like and they just categorically do not remember or listen. My husband very up to very recently has been like, wow, I really don't listen well. (laughs) And it's like you're not doing it intentionally. Like you're distracted. You're doing other things. And, you know, like you can't necessarily process multiple things coming at you at once. Whereas women, I think we're conditioned to multitask on a really like high level um, just because that's what culture expects of us. Um, But, you know, it does come down to just you are not actively listening to what is being said in these conversations. So, you know, to your point earlier, Sarah, about gender bias, right? If you are in a meeting with me and I say something and you then parrot it back later, perhaps it wasn't a parrot and perhaps it was your idea, but you weren't actively listening to hear that I already said that. Now, was it intentional? No. Was it malicious? No. Am I going to perceive it a certain way based on my experience as a woman in corporate America slash life? Yes. Yes. And that's where, like, it's really important for those who are in those situations to, like, be listening and to call it out. Yeah. I love that you that you brought in – it sort of is like how we were brought up, going back to your we multitask well because – not because, oh, women are better at multitasking. No. From a young age, we were taught and coached and expected to be able to do this. Yes. So that means that men, now you need to go back and work on those skills and active listening is one of those and one of the extremely important ones so that when you are in a meeting, you can contribute thoughtfully and play off the ideas of your women coworkers instead of taking credit for them. Yes, because that is just such 
a perpetuation of a much broader, larger problem that Sarah, you and I will not ever be able to solve for. But I do think this conversation, uh, I I think it does emphasize the importance of having someone on who can talk to allyship. Um, Yes. And I know we, I know we have one of those queued up. So here's the, here's the thing crew. Like we were really trying to not have uh, our first guest be a man. And I don't think we will, but we are going to bring on a professional gentleman who is a leader and a very, very strong ally for women um, so that he can speak to ways that he empowers the women that he works with, mentors, et cetera. Um, And how he learned and unlearned those things. And I think that will be really interesting when we get to that point to talk through that process and how do we how do men take this these tactics and apply them to their own business yes but gentlemen that's like i think it'll be a very value a valuable episode for everyone but before you even get there you do need to make some tweaks in what you're doing right and you need to start listening to the women in your lives um i joke you know as a woman with a lot of male leaders right like it it does sometimes feel like I have like eight husbands, um, <sighs> right? Like it's like it's the just the general tone and timbre of my voice just causes like men to just black <laughs> out and glaze over. <laughs> I, I laugh so I don't cry. That's so <laughs> like that's so fucking ridiculous. It's but ridiculous, yes. but like it's true, right? Like it's this like take it back to like any of you who are in a long-term relationship or live with a male partner or are married, right? Like how many times have you has your husband asked you where the whisk goes when pulling it out of the dishwasher as though they don't live in your house? <laughs> yeah, I, and I I mean <laughs> This is like a whole other topic, but uh, when you have to project manage your household chores, uh, I will say, I've said this to my husband before, nope, not project managing that. Look around, figure it out. And <laughs> like, if you see something out of place, it's time to fix it. You and know, I mean, that's not my job. Admittedly, ladies, I don't struggle with this. My husband is an epic chore doer. He is a machine but he does have moments where it's like where does this go and you're like do you also live here and gentlemen like that base behavior that you have at home whether you realize it or not is translating into your professional life as well like that the the way that you approach those situations is is how you approach women that you work with yeah i mean you practice as active listening at home and at work i mean you know what I think? Your is- partners and the women in your in your personal life will appreciate that as well. They absolutely will. You know what I think's funny though? It's always the men who get on this like soapbox in corporate environments about like the importance of active listening. And you know, if you're not actively listening, then you're you're not succeeding in your job or at your role. Meanwhile, that same person is on like three calls at once and has a reputation for not listening to anything. Um, But 
to your point, like men and their confidence, just get on that soapbox, buddy, and lecture us all, despite the fact that you do not do that. So do as you say, not as you do, not as you do. Cool. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, we have a couple of articles here that, you know, we're, we're referencing and every one that I have found has had to do with mansplaining as tell them they're mansplaining. There have to be better tactics. I would encourage, if you have tactics and you're listening to this, you're like, this has worked for me, please send them in. We'll please. read them aloud on our next episode. You know, I think, you know, the, what we've offered up is, work with leadership, try to find allies and your peers, try to speak up. But I, I mean, I personally would never feel comfortable saying, hey, you're a mansplaining me. Well, I have said, yes, I, hey, yeah, uh, as I said before, and I think that is a good idea because I, I spoke to it. I feel more comfortable with that. But well, I mean, at this point, the the word has been so like broken down like that that it just feels like i said it just feels like a joke at this point yeah so if you it's were been to, like, diluted the ro- to the yeah. point of of being ridiculous yeah and it, it and it is the word itself is very gendered right like men aren't saying like oh you're, you're mansplaining like it is a yes. very gendered term like most women are are the ones who would who would use it and i think that that you know that sort of nods to a whole other issue of the way that we have decided to communicate with women about being successful. Yeah. I mean, and if you have a leader that you feel comfortable with, you can have that discussion. Like, hey, Definitely. I find that so-and-so that comes in and, and mansplains me in these meetings and I'm having difficulty combating that. Can you listen in for it and and help me out by, you know, either helping push my ideas forward or calling that out when you see it. If you feel comfortable, I think really from the top down is how we're going to help solve some of these issues. Uh, And again, if you're a leader, male or female, listen and make sure that you can help propel the, the ideas forward of your women colleagues when that makes sense, when they are being talked down to or parroted in these meetings. Yeah, for, absolutely. And if you don't feel comfortable using the term mansplaining, don't. You can yeah. go to a, a, another person or a leader and say, hey, I feel like so-and-so is really being condescending and patronizing in these meetings because at the end of the day, that's what mansplaining is. And honestly, yep. in you know, I, I have a, an English literature degree, right? Like words matter to me. Like if if I were to have a conversation, like obviously you can say mansplaining and I'm going to be right there with you, but (laughs) condescension and patronization, those two words are so much more like weighty and impactful. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been the the butt of jokes. Right. So yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can also say like, hey, every time I come up with an idea when we're brainstorming, John comes in and says that same idea and he's getting a lot of the credit and I need help combating that because I'm getting saddled with work or I'm not getting recognized for having these great brainstorming ideas. I want to continue this and it'll only better us if we collaborate instead of just say the same idea over and over in a conference room. Yes, because at the end of the day, it's going to be you ladies who ends up doing 
the work associated with said idea. But also, you know, don't be afraid. And I know Sarah and I have said, like, don't say, like, you feel or, like, ask for forget. But, like, sometimes when you're having those conversations, it's a good idea to ground it in your feelings because that can help to, like, trigger a empathetic response from the person that you're talking to. Yeah. And that feeling doesn't have to be like, it hurt my feelings. It can be no. like, hey, I'm really frustrated yep. in these meetings with John. Sorry to John's in the world. I don't know. It's just something <laughs> that occurred to me. Um, if that is like what they put it at the uh, beginning of movies, this this is not someone I know and has no ties to real life. There is all no names John. have been changed. I, all names to protect have been changed to protect the innocent, exactly, <laughs> or not innocent, as the case may be. Mm. But uh, I am very frustrated with these brainstorming meetings. Can you help me get heard? I am, you know, every time I say something, John takes it over, and I think we'd be so much more productive if I had an idea and John said, "Hey, great idea," and elaborated instead of parroted. We're going to get so much further as a team if we do more collaboration than, you know, bouncing the same idea back and forth. Though I will say like that, that definitely like that's, it's a little triggering for me, right? Like it goes back to this whole concept of like you being responsible for fixing the problem, women being responsible for fixing the problem. And it reminds me of Sarah when we worked together. And do you remember that I was told by someone in our organization that I needed to, I was hiring a consultant and I needed to hire a older man that our CEO would listen to. And basically my, oh my approach God. for yes. everything on that project was for me to tell this older male consultant who was a, like a true delight. Like if I could have a grandfather, he is who I would have wanted to have. Um, and we had our, like in our first meeting, like I was very upfront and honest with like, this is why I'm hiring you. And he's like, great, let's figure out a way that we can partner to make what you want happen. But it really was a matter of me telling him what I wanted and then him saying it as though it was his idea. Which for the greater good of the team and the project made sense for my career, probably not so much, right? And and for your everyday just happiness, that is so oh, just it just feels so, so demoralizing yes. and exhausting. And yeah, just you know, emotionally you're probably sapped at the end of every day because you're doing I a significant amount of the work. I remember that guy. He was Wasn't really he lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had, there was like a younger guy he worked with, right? Anyway. Yeah, there's a, yeah. There, a, there's a younger guy and then this like sort of – I, I like to yeah. refer to him as like the procurement grandpa. Just like yes. so wonderful and like so lovely and did all sorts of like wonderful charity work with his wife and lived in his like lovely little condo in Florida. And just – he was just okay. such a wonderful person. But also like he was an ally, right? Like – and it was easy to identify him as an ally, which is why – I had to leverage him in that way, but at the end of the day, it was still exhausting and it was still draining and it still sucks. Like it, it, like it just is one of those things where as women, we're doing so much, like we're doing all of the things at work and we're doing all of the glue work and all of the emotional labor and all of the shit at home. And now on top of it, let me teach you how to be a, like a better human being. Let me take that on too. <laughs> I wonder, you know, uh, I wonder if you calculated all those hours 
how much more we would get done in our days. So much more. (laughs) Meanwhile, like, you know, the gentlemen on teams have these like very small compartments of things that they're responsible for that are all just like very technical things. And they've got their spouses at home handling like the spousal things. And don't worry, ladies, we're going to have a whole episode on that topic. And then, you know, you've got the women on the team who are just like shouldering emotional burdens, doing all of the technical things, being the rock for their team, advocating for their team, trying to like coach colleagues and and their superiors into being better leaders and managers. Meanwhile, not getting promoted because the people above are marginalizing them because they are viewing them as a threat or, you know, not valuing the work that they're doing because systemically we don't value that work. Right. Absolutely. Man, I feel more frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to have more episodes on this, probably with guests, I think. Yeah, I would love that. And I mean, we have said this on all of our episodes, but we really would love to talk to you if you have had an experience with mansplaining or you would like to come on the show and discuss it. Maybe you're a leader of a team. You have some good tactics. You know, reach out. We um, we would love that. Even if you just want to come on to like commiserate of general male idiocy, like we're here for that too. Yeah, we're here for it. That's like Um, our every day. (laughs) If you have a doctor in your title and you want to share, I would love to hear some some more stories around that because I think that's fascinating that doctor is not a gendered term and the kinds of things that you must come up against when a man figures out that you you are the professional in the room, that you are the one with the expertise and and what happens when that when that realization hits them. It's just it's still so wild to me that in 2023 when women have now become the majority in universities where women are becoming the majority of their generational cohorts, right? Millennials, Gen X in corporate America that we still really haven't made strides. I was reading something about, you know, pay equality and how women still get paid 75% less. And we've made some strides in the past, you know, decades, but women at this rate, women won't truly receive like receive full equality pay etc until 2060 what what What? i'll have to find it i'll find it like it was it was a banana pants article and i was just like this is so irritating (laughs) i'd like to opt out of this (laughs) hard pass like if we can't make this happen while we're still like in the workforce (laughs) then i'm good thank you and and that doesn't even speak to you know women of color who mm-hmm. that person that number is even lower uh that, uh, that with is... a whole other slew of like biases on yes. top of it which absolutely are a huge problem yeah for sure hey uh, man it's you hi you're the problem it's you it's you <laughs> We're going to write a new song and it's going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could get Taylor on board with that. I think, I think she'd we, support I it. I think we really could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any Swifties have a good connection because uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a song idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Taylor Excellent. wants to come on. Yeah. There the we dream, go. Truly. I, the, truly the, the dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, mansplaining. What do we That's do about what, it, Sarah? What do we do about it? You know, lock I them mean, all up and throw away the key. Take over the world. Start a company. Initiate that's a coup. Women only. 
I like the idea of a coup. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's on brand for us. Yeah. I think. <laughs> we've got we've got pitchforks and we've got torches. If you want to join us, we'll give you a date and time. We're we're ready. <laughs> uh yeah, and the patriarchy and uh you know if pitchforks are the way to do it let's go um i think you know we we have a couple of tactics that we've thrown in there start from the top down find a peer and a advocate and um and you know go forth but we want to hear more and we will share those as they come in we will. And we will definitely schedule another episode for this. So if this is a conversation that you want to be a part of, please let us know. Um, for those of you who are thinking logistics, Sarah and I do this remotely from our own houses. We can invite all of you remotely from your own, uh, the comforts of your own living room. No real pants required. Um, yeah. We encourage no real pants. No Don't real pants. Put button pants. No hard pants. For these podcasts. That's actually the one rule. It is the one rule. Soft pants only. (laughs) Um, So if you want to join us, please, we would love to have you on. Drop us a note on any of the channels. Sarah, where can people contact us? We are Ginger Rage Podcast on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. We are Ginger Rage Pod on Twitter You can also email us at gingerragepodcast at gmail.com. And you can uh, DM us through Instagram. We also have a link tree on Instagram with all of those sites linked for you. As well as our forum, if you want to write in a story, if you want that story to be anonymous, we have that option. Yeah, ladies, Uh, we're not going to call you out. We'll change names. We're fine with that. We do it all the time. (laughs) You heard about John. Who knows what's next? So uh, stay tuned for my random naming of men. One in day, our podcast. maybe if we if this becomes successful enough, we can like start to leave you all Easter eggs so that you can figure out who these repeat offenders are. <laughs> because I truly think there should be some sort of like platform where we can just go on and review leaders. Um, yeah. So that you know, like which ones you just want to stay away from. Like this one, who I get one allies? star to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like rate my professor, but it's um, rate my asshole boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like there One will be star. so many, <laughs> I mean, so many men on that list by default just because there aren't really women in that level of leadership. But We could call them mansplainies. One, <laughs> six mansplainies. Stay away. <laughs> oh, oh we'll, work, we'll work on a rating scale for y'all. Yeah. Um, we're, we're still workshopping some titles. That's right. Stay tuned. Um, Sarah, do we have a women-owned business for this episode? We do. Woo-hoo! And it's a brand new one. Uh, I Like, so exciting. I, as you heard at the beginning of the episode, I'm a big fan of coffee. And I Who's drink not? Like, really an obscene it's amount more important of caffeine. Than water. It's just water over beans. Hashtag, hashtag hydrate. <laughs> hashtag self-care. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the the shop I want to focus on opened just the other day, and uh, I am really, really excited about it. And it's Lola's Coffee and More, and it's in Medford, Massachusetts. And it is owned by a wonderful woman named Pearl. And she – What a delightful all, just, name. She is a delight, and the coffee is amazing. Her husband roasts the coffee. They're focused on. Oh wow! Like they roast like, it. Yeah. All right. Right in Massachusetts, it's delicious. 
My husband and I had it yesterday and it was outstanding. They literally just got off the ground the other day and um, I highly recommended recommend it. But the other thing I really, really like about it is that she's focusing on bringing baked goods and, and other goods for sale, chocolate, all sorts of fun things that are mission-driven. So ones that are supporting uh, you know, people experiencing poverty or homelessness and uh and trying to, you know, help different causes. And I thought that was really cool and interesting. And, and she just got all of her baked good goods in this morning. I followed her on Facebook. That's where you can find her is on Facebook, Lola's Coffee and More. Again, outstanding coffee. I had the Vietnamese blend yesterday. Whew, it was good. I felt caffeinated all day. So sounds, uh, now I need to like make another pot of coffee or venture to Lola's Coffee and just stock up. Venture out. Yeah, mm-hmm. stock up. You can buy the beans and you can buy yourself a cup of coffee. That so. sounds amazing. And she probably is okay with me not wearing real pants. So yeah, I mean, I didn't yesterday, so you Perfect. can too. <laughs> so you can go out in your comfy pants, get an amazing cup of coffee and beans and delicious snacks and baked goods that help support amazing causes. That's incredible. Yes, uh, exactly. And as a new business, right, like for anyone who's ever ventured into that entrepreneurial world, it takes a long time for these businesses to get up and running, right? Like usually when when I hear people talking about starting something, I, I tell them like commit to five years, right? Like that really is when businesses start to become profitable is at that like five-year mark. Um, and that's how long people have to work at this to, you know, get the word out there and generate buzz. So for those of you who are in the Boston area, please go to Lola's Coffee, show your support um, because, you know, it's super important for us to support these amazing women-owned businesses so they can continue to grow and thrive and do amazing things and create jobs for amazing people um, and be active members of their communities. You know, stay caffeinated so you can combat mansplainers in your. Oh my god! If I had to, if I had to combat mansplaining, like without the like added benefit of caffeine, I would be a dragon. There would be no yeah. one left. It would just be scorched earth. <laughs> so, so that- I would leave no survivors in my wake. <laughs> so maybe what we're saying is that we need to not let Courtney caffeinate. We can really get this mansplaining problem solved for good. It'll be solved because none of them will exist anymore. <laughs> but so ladies, then- we're going to have to figure out a way to procreate just amongst ourselves. Ca- caffeinate hard so you can uh, not scorch the earth yet you know we'll we'll keep that we'll keep that scorched earth tactic in our back pocket yes exactly for our for our uh, our coup get ready our mutiny (laughs) we're just going to become female pirates well how successful would that be oh so much pillaging so much plundering it would help with the parroting in meetings. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> She's got dad jokes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and come back next week. I'll think of another. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you all for tuning in this week for our moderately caffeinated nonsense uh, and our thoughts on mansplaining. We're going to continue this conversation, but we do want you. We, we want some we want some guests. So uh, yep. here's our plea. If you are and also uh, go to your podcasting platform, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us like follow, do the things, do all of the things. I just like Courtney said about small businesses taking five years to get the word out. We'd rather not wait five years. So Mm. help us out uh, by rating, 
liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. And so, we thanks. will we will link Lola's coffee in our link tree. Um, all of our women-owned businesses will be found there. And as soon as she has socials, we will put that in our social as well. Um, but go and support her. And if you have a woman-owned business that you would like to support, uh, please reach out to us and we will feature them because it's super important. And again, as a reminder, not pay to play. Like this is really just, we want to support our ladies and all of their amazing endeavors. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in. Episode five, Ginger Rage podcast. Uh, Maybe come back next week. Definitely come back next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Like what you hear? Be sure to follow along for more Ginger Rage. We'll catch you in the next episode.